the more the merrier, right? For many blended or step families, that is true. However, that transition can be tricky. It's going to take some time and there's most likely going to be some bumps. So how can you make this easier? Find out in today's show. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, the show where we share stories and advice on building up your marriage and wealth. I'm Elle Martinez. When you're merging your lives together, there's so much to discuss. And with blended families, it's another layer of complexity. Let's take, for example, if you guys have kids. First off, you guys had your own way of handling situations with the kids, say chores, allowances, curfews, so on. Now you have to figure out what's going to be the house rules since you're living under one roof. But the reality is you also have to deal with things like your ex. Maybe they have rules that are completely opposite of yours. How do you explain that to your kids and help them to understand why you do things differently? And the finances can be just as messy and tricky, but it doesn't have to be. Melissa Brown, creator of Blended Family Podcast, is on the show today. She's going to chat a little bit with me about her own family's transition, how they manage money, and the discussions that they have as a family. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, Melissa. And I appreciate you being on the show. How's everything going with the family this month? Everything is great with the family. We are, we have one kid that just graduated yesterday. We have another, our 13 year old just made the varsity cheerleading team. And so, and you know, we're all getting kind of busy. We have dance recital coming up and all the wrap up of the end of the year stuff. So it's a little bit chaotic, but it's good. When you guys were first married, did you find yourselves like on the same page with money or were there some differences? I would say that I got pretty lucky with my husband, Sean, that we were both kind of the same the way we dealt with money. Um, We had both had experiences with having money and losing it. And I think that we're both not super impulsive. We really think things through before we make a big purchase. Not to say that we've never had an impulse buy because we have, everybody has, but we're pretty good about being together on things and knowing what we want to do. But I agree with you hundred percent. As soon as the money piece comes in there where there's not enough and you're stressing about money, it certainly really puts a wedge in the relationship and it causes a lot of tension and a lot of stress. And even when you try to be on the same page, it just it just kills you. It does because you want it to work out. Now, I know everyone comes at it with not only different perspectives, but financially, they might not be on the same page. So when you guys married, did you guys gradually combine your finances? Are you keeping it separate or did you combine immediately? So what we did, and and we actually just got married. We've been together for 10 years, but we just got married this year. But we have lived together for almost the entirety of our relationship. So When we first started out having a blended family, we came into it with each having our own accounts Mm -hmm. and 
but what had happened was Sean ended up working with me. We have a, we have a, a business together. And so for us, it's a little bit unique. I know not everybody can do this. Most blended families, what they do is they have a his account, a hers account, or hers and hers, or his and his, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have a joint account where you put in for shared expenses for the family. Um, and then a lot of people, what they do is they keep for their own children, if they have their own bio children, they keep that separate. That's where the child support is coming in and out of and separate expenses for each child. We didn't do it that way. And like I said, it's because we have one salary coming in. And so for us, it just didn't make sense to keep going with the two separate accounts. So we just have everything in one joint account. So of course we have our business account and then we have our personal account and that's just the way we do it. And we did it from that way, probably within the first six months of our living together. So how does that go? Do you guys kind of sit down and go over the budget every month or is it kind of one of you is in charge and keeps the other in the loop? That would be me. I'm pretty much the one that does the accounts and controls everything because I'm kind of a control freak when it comes down to things. And it's, it's, he wants to help me, but I, I think from my previous divorce, I had lost some of that financial control and it's something within me that I, you know, I just don't want to let go of that. And, uh, but he knows everything that's going on. He looks at the accounts with me and we talk about everything together. But when it comes down to actually budgeting and paying the bills, that's me. But recently we discussed, we're actually going to sit down with a financial planner because I'll be honest, I dropped the ball on a lot of things because over the 10 years, the financial aspect was not on the top of our priority list and it should be, but it wasn't with us because we had four kids and a lot of chaos and a lot of drama. And it was just something that always got put on the back burner. Fast forward 10 years to now, we have one kid who just graduated and we need to start really thinking about where we're going with the finances, whether it's for college funds, you know, he, he just needed a car. And we realized that we don't have any of this stuff budgeted out. We don't have any of it. And so we're actually going to start gathering things together within the next month to sit down with a professional and really go over it the way we should have done a long time ago. I know a lot of people are in the same boat. So when you guys were combining and you're working on your finances, uh, were there any adjustments or maybe I should ask in this relationship, what was different than last relationship when it comes to finances? Well, when it comes to finances in this relationship, um, my, my last relationship, we didn't really ever talk about money. That was that was his thing. He took over all that stuff. And I was a stay at home mom at the time. And I had no idea about anything that was going on. And when the marriage fell apart, I was left to fix a whole bunch of problems. And so that I assure myself that that's never going to happen again. Um, but we did have some big adjustments just coming into the blended family financially. And I'll talk about those a little bit because we were moving from two kids each to a total of four, right? He had his two, I had my two and two was a lot easier on your wallet than yes. four kids. And so that was a huge adjustment on our expenses. When you're talking about clothing, food, everything, sports, it just all adds up. And so that was probably the biggest adjustment. Um, and then also the summers were an adjustment, having them for longer periods of time in the summer meant a higher food bill. I mean, if I told you what my food bill is over the summer, I mean, we can sometimes spend over $500 a week in food when we have them all here, which is just pure craziness. But 
that's how much they eat. And so, um, and let's see, the other big adjustment I think with coming into a blended family and people will probably relate to this is learning how to keep everything equal and fair financially among the kids. So kids are not stupid. They're very, very smart. And when they see like, let's say it's, let's say you celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. And now when the kids are younger, you want to make sure that each kid has the same amount of gifts. They don't understand that the PlayStation was this amount of money. And then these 10 gifts equal to the amount of that. They don't, they don't see that when they're young, all Mm -hmm. they see is the amount of gifts. And so we were always very careful to make sure that everything looked and appeared very equal to them. Of course, as they got older now, now they understand what things cost and we don't have to worry about that so much anymore. Uh, and also just keeping things equal as far as clothing. You know, if we buy something for one kid, we're going to buy for all the kids. Now, I don't know if everybody does that, but that's what we always did because we wanted the kids to not build up any resentment towards anybody else. And then the only real issue that we had there within all that is that because of the blended family situation and because the kids have other households that they go to, there was some strangeness around the holidays because we could only do what we can do, right? We have four kids here. The other households only had still the two kids. And so, well, actually Sean's ex has, has another child now, but it was harder for us to maintain, you know, as much as the other houses were maintaining when we only had so much money to share between four kids and they had two. And so sometimes, you know, I know that my kids would go to their dads and they would have a lot more. They would have a lot more gifts because he had more money at the time. And this was sometimes going on all year long that they would get things and they'd come bring it here. And then my stepkids would say, well, we don't have those things. And it caused a lot of friction until they got a little bit older and they understood that this is not in our control and we can only be as fair as we can in our household. And we can't control anything that goes on in the other homes as far as financially. Good for you. I mean, you you are doing a great job keeping the line of communication open with the kids and letting them express themselves. And then, you know, as you pointed out, as they get older, they do understand. Yes, exactly. As you mentioned, you're a mom of four kids. What's been your system or how are you teaching your kids about money? So, like I said, I did drop the ball on this one. Looking back now, I wish that I had placed a lot more focus on this stuff when my kids were younger. And I didn't. We had a lot of other things going on that were more important. Now that they're getting older, though, I think it's easier in a sense to really teach them. I mean, we should have taught them more back then about chores and saving money. In fact, I was just talking with Casey Stefano, and she's got a podcast called Women with Balls in the Air. And she had a great idea she does with her kids where she has a list of different chores and the money that you earn for each of those chores. And when the kids go to the store and they want something, she says, we don't have the money in the budget for that, but you can earn that. And then she helps them figure out how much money they need to earn. And then they start to fill up their jar by doing the chores on the list. And then she lets them take their jar of money to the store and buy their own toy. And I thought that that was such a great idea and something that I did not do with my kids. We didn't have a lot of chores for money because my kids were always bouncing around. And so sometimes we'd have them, you know, a week on and a week off or every other week, every other weekend, they've changed things over the years dramatically. And so we never did anything like that, but 
now that they're teenagers, we are really getting on it. My two oldest have jobs. And so we went and opened them up a bank account and we're teaching them. They have a debit card now and I'm teaching them how to use that and how to keep track of the money that they're spending. And I'm teaching them about the importance of saving money and what things really cost because now they're starting to understand when I say, you know, they, they want this thing that's $100. Now I can actually explain this is how many hours that you would have to work to earn that $100. And that makes them, their head spins a little bit, you know, <laughs> yes. because that's a lot of money. And so we're trying to do all of that now. Um, so it's, it's going really well. The two 13-year-olds, they're not really quite there yet because at 13, the mentality, they just don't get it what things really cost. But the 16 and 17-year-old are really starting to wrap their head around it and they're understanding it a lot more. Are they taken to it naturally? I mean, did it take a couple missteps or is it, you know, still a learning process? Well, as with any kid, they get their first job and they see that money and they want to spend it. And we were a little bit lenient with that because I understand what that's like. You want things. At first, they were really careful. And then they went a little crazy, each of them, with just buying. My daughter, especially. My daughter will go out and buy things from the store that are ridiculously expensive. You know, she'll spend $50 on a shirt. And I am not like that. And so it drives me a little bit crazy. But I know that some of that she needs to learn. And she is, because then she runs out of money. And I explain to her, well, that's because you bought these expensive things. Whereas my son, he's so the opposite where he won't buy anything for himself, but they both spend a lot of money on food, which I don't understand because we have food in the house. We have, you know, I cook dinner, but they love spending their money on going out to eat things. And I'm allowing them a little bit of space right now to learn. And I'm, I'm guiding them the whole way, but I'm not really telling them what they can or cannot do. Although what I would have liked to do and I can't because my daughter is not living with me full time right now. So I don't have as much control as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I would love to to make her save half of her money or a third of her money uh-huh. right now just so that she can save up for a car or it's something that she might really want. That's what my dad did for me. But these days it's a little bit harder to have that control over the kids. And my son, he's about to be 18. So there's no way that he's going to do that. Gotcha. But at least as you pointed out, let them make these choices now because it's better to do it at home um, and make those mistakes than to be like 25 years old and then like blowing it on a a ridiculously expensive car loan or something else. Yes, exactly. So these are all great tips and I appreciate you being real and honest with your answers. Say if there's a, a family right now and they're taking their first steps, what would you offer as maybe first steps for conversations about money or just to anything with like finances and family? Well, I would definitely say be more proactive than I was. Teach the kids as soon as possible. Start in little ways. Start teaching them about money. Uh, As far as you and your partner, I definitely think initially when you first move in together, you need to sit down and put everything out on the table. Whose debt accounts, all the accounts, all the bills, everything. Talk about spending habits. Talk about a budget. If you have to do what I'm doing, sit with a financial planner and they can help you make a budget, which will actually put allowances in there for college funds and car funds. Because like I said, we got stuck now not having a car fund for our son. And it was very difficult to figure out how we're going to get a vehicle. And we have four. And so my daughter's about to be driving in a month and she's going to need a car. And then 
you know, in another three years, the other two are going to need one at the mm-hmm. same exact time because they're both 13. So I would definitely say sit down with a financial planner, make that budget, make a food budget. That's something that we didn't do. And so much money got blown on food because we didn't carefully sit down and say, okay, this is how much money we're spending on food this week. And that's it. And be careful about those kind of things. Definitely have a family meeting, even with the kids. If the kids are a little bit older, sit down and talk about your budget and your spending and what you're allowed to have and what you're not allowed to have. Because if you never talk about that with the kids, which we did not do, the kids never really learned that they can't just ask us for everything in sight. Not that we gave them everything, Mm -hmm. but they wanted a lot of things because they never understood the food just appeared. The things just appeared in the house and they didn't understand how hard we had to work for it. Um, and then come up with solutions that work for everybody. Come to compromises. And as far as the accounts, I would say, I I would say keep separate accounts. If you have child support, coming in or coming out and you have separate child expenses for sports and things like that, keep your separate accounts and then start a joint account for shared expenses. And you have to talk about making that fair. So you're going to have to sit down and figure out who's receiving child support, who's paying child support and come up with a solution of amount of money that goes into that joint account where you pay the house bills out of so that it's kind of fair and equal all around. And if anyone wants to find out more about you, your story, and your fantastic podcast, could you tell them where's the best way to reach you? Of course. The easiest thing to do is just go to the website, which is blendedfamilypodcast.com, and there you can find all of the information, the podcast. We do have a Facebook group as well, which is private for people to connect and share and give advice in there. And uh, definitely come check out the show. It's it's very informative, and I have guests on all the time, and we really help you sort out the stresses of a blended family. I try to keep everything very uplifting, and I mm-hmm. focus a lot on how to how to find peace in your blended family because I think that's super important in these times. If you haven't already, please check out Blended Family Podcast. It's a wonderful show, community, and mission. I have links to her podcast, Facebook group, and more in the show notes. And if you're looking to get your family and finances in a good spot, please pick up Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Smashwords, and more. It's designed as a four-week guide to get you two on the same page as fast as possible with your finances and your lives. And if you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You'll get the latest stories and tips on building your wealth together sent to you. It's free and easy. We're out there on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and more. You can also grab the feed off our site so you can listen to the show from whatever podcast service app you prefer. And don't forget, if there's a topic or question you want to hear covered on the show, just let me know. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and Music for Makers. Finally, I want to say thank you. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because of wonderful listeners like you. Your tweets, reviews, and likes are so encouraging. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great week. Take care. <laughs>